This is the World Industrial News for Wednesday, January 25th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part one of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. Hello, good afternoon, and thanks for joining us. I am Megan Latonin with Aviva, and I am very fortunate to be joined here today with two of the leaders in this industry about to dive into the hot topic of grid modernization, resiliency, and the infrastructure bill. You know, we all know that power companies are scrambling to update their systems as climate change continues to fuel increased and more frequent extreme weather events. We've seen outages across the U.S. having significant economic consequences not to mention the impact on the people affected. According to the Department of Energy, these outages cost the U.S. $70 billion annually. And thankfully, the Biden administration has made updating the nation's grid a priority and the latest infrastructure package allocates $73 billion for power upgrades. This is the single largest investment in clean energy transmission in American history. To dive into this topic, the state of the grid and a breakdown of the infrastructure bill, I am joined today by Dr. J. Patrick Kennedy, the founder of OSI Soft and now Chairman Emeritus of Aviva. Dr. J. Patrick Kennedy is an industry pioneer who conceived the vision of scalable systems for managing industrial data, guiding OSI Soft from a startup in 1980 to a global software company that introduced and supported the Pi system. The Pi system has become the industrial sector's leading operations system of record helping to improve productivity, efficiency, and sustainability in over 146 countries and over 1,000 utilities. Since OSIsoft's 2021 acquisition by Aviva, Pat remains engaged as Chairman Emeritus and Board Advisor of Aviva and is the prominent thought leader on grid monetization and resiliency, among many other things. Welcome, Pat, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. We are also fortunate to be joined today by Mona Sheff as we attempt to break down this bill and the opportunities in front of us. Mona is the Senior Director of Federal Government Relations at Schneider Electric and leads infrastructure implementation, AKA follow the money from federal to states. She has actually read the Infrastructure and Investment Jobs Act and broken down the segments of funding relevant for companies and states. Mona just celebrated her three-year work anniversary at Schneider Electric and has spent over 10 years in the clean energy space in D.C., advocating for decarbonization, energy efficiency, and resiliency. Thank you, Mona, for joining us. Thank you. So let's, let's kick this off with a powerful question. You know, Pat, I've heard you mention three primary reasons around the importance and timeliness of this infrastructure bill resiliency, smart grid, and new transmission. With this in mind, what are your thoughts on how the U.S. infrastructure bill can leverage technology to help modernize the U.S. power grid? To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. The U.S. nuclear power renaissance, part two, took a big step forward last week after federal nuclear regulators issued its final approval for the reactor design for a small modular reactor developed by New Scale Power Corporation. 
One can only hope that the sequel is better than the original, in which at least 15 next-generation passive reactor projects valued at more than $252 billion were canceled or placed on hold over the last decade or so. The operator of the Freeport Liquefied Natural Gas Export Facility in Texas has filed a request with federal regulators to take the steps necessary to return to normal functions. The facility has been idled since June. Freeport LNG closed its three-train facility in Texas in June following an explosion that was triggered by a pipeline failure. The 2 billion cubic feet per day from Freeport represented about 17 percent of total U.S. LNG capacity at the time of the closure. Unrest across Peru is impacting mining operations and damaging energy infrastructure. Protesters are demanding the resignation of the new president and new general elections. Protests began on December 7th when former President Pedro Castillo was arrested. They have been especially intense in Peru's southern provinces, where several mining sites are located. A subsidiary of Glencore temporarily suspended operations at the Atapake copper mine last week after protesters set on fire a worker housing area. And Brascom has kicked off the expansion of its green ethylene unit at its Triunfo plant in Rio Grande do Sul State, southern Brazil. The plant unit began operations in 2010 and was the first to produce polymers from a renewable source, green ethylene from ethanol produced from sugarcane. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck, reporting for Industrial Info News.